Hello and welcome to The Social, a brand new podcast brought to you by The London Mags. I'm your host Simon Harkness and I'm joined by Freddie from The London Mags and Tevin from The Irish Mags. Welcome lads, how are we both doing? Good, good. How are you? Good, great. Yeah, good. All, good all good over here. Nursing the hangover from the weekend, but doing all right. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm not surprised. I mean, I've seen some of the videos from the weekend and it was uh, it was pretty lively from what I saw. Yeah, you can't win 5-1 on the first day and not have that, I think. Yeah, it's a tradition. <laughs> well, yeah, first game of the season. <laughs> it's a tradition we all yeah. enjoy. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see both your faces, to be honest. Um, did we all enjoy the, the close season? Was it nice not having to think about Newcastle or was it just still right at the front of your mind every day? I think um, it was nice to have a rest, although yeah. coming back on, on Saturday and seeing everyone at the Dolphin where we drink was just amazing. Just that match yeah. day atmosphere, seeing everyone back yeah. and a win to top it off was incredible. You know, don't know about you, Tev. Yeah, even at the stadium was fantastic. I think it was great in summer having a bit of a break, but then once you're watching games from the American season at 3am, 2am, I think I think I ran <laughs> in the Premier League. I, I ran out my time <laughs> to watch games. Um, but I know we missed the lads, you know, and it was fantastic seeing, seeing us back, you know. A lot of people don't have hope for us this season, but let's see, let, let's see what the, the pundits say now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. So, yeah, obviously, this is the first episode of basically a brand new podcast. Um, so I thought it'd be a good idea to give you guys who are listening, you know, just a bit of a background about the London Mags. Um, so, Freddie, I mean, I first met you basically through Twitter. Uh, I was looking for like places to watch Newcastle games. So I Googled uh, where to watch Newcastle games in London. And lo and behold, this Twitter account came up with the most amazing videos (laughs) of the Dolphin and its infamous atmosphere. Um, So that's kind of how I knew you. But I wanted to ask you, like, why did you want us to start doing a podcast like this? What's what's the plan for the show? Well, I think it's basically a chance for us as everything's changing around the club and what we want to do from the Newcastle United London Supporters Club is to kind of bring people closer to the club. We know that there's people all over the world because we've met them. We've been out on pre-seasons. We've been, you know, home and away. We've seen this up and down the country and we're only going to get bigger now. So the kind of journey that we've been on, Simon and Tev, and I know we'll talk about this a lot more over this coming kind of establishing episode, but we've kind of met each other and been on this incredible journey, meeting loads of people. And I think other people should have that too, to be honest with you, because we kind of all came from different places where we've got different accents, but the one thing that unites us is that we, you know, we follow the Manx. And I think doing a podcast like this opens it up to more people and says, you know, you can get involved in those crazy videos in the Dolphin as well that are on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. I, I absolutely love that, to be honest. And it sounds like, it probably sounds like too on brand to say it, but like, as soon as I stepped foot in the Dolphin, it just felt incredibly welcome. And like, you know what it's like? I mean, I've been living in like London for six or seven years now. But like, whenever you start, like, even if you could start drinking in a new place or if you... Mm-hmm. Like joining a new club, you always do feel a little bit like, oh shit, what's <laughs> me? I don't know anyone here. It's gonna be really awkward. Literally seconds after walking into the dolphin, I was like, these are some really good people. I don't think I left yours and Kieran's side most of the night. Um and yeah, obviously once the drinks started flowing, got right involved in the chance and it just felt like a like 
I've sort of said it before, but it does feel like it has like a strawberry atmosphere to it, which I think is really one of the highest compliments we can we, we can pay everyone at the Dolphin, to be honest, because it does feel like it feels like our home turf in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, mate, it's it's been it's been amazing to be a part of. I mean, just to give the listeners a bit of like background about how we all sort of know each other. I mean, I joined the supporters club about probably this time last year. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I saw it maybe two or three weeks before it became this sort of huge juggernaut. Basically, I saw I saw it really take off. Um, yeah. And it's been such an amazing like ride for me to see it, considering I was, I've only been a part of it for like maybe three or four weeks before it really started to boom. Uh, but Freddie, what's that? What's that experience been like for you? I think it's it's worthwhile, Simon. Actually, just going back to I think in order understanding what happened at Wembley and what's happened, and how the, the whole three of us together, it all goes back to nineteen sixty four. So that was the year that the London Mags or NUSCL started and was formed. It's a democratic supporters club, and it's been there through thick and thin. And I've only joined really in the recent in the recent years. You know. Um, sort of pre-takeover, looking for other people to watch the match with, looking for other people to travel with. But there was a sort of landmark year last season. And it's important to note as well, my my sort of role in things is that I just do the media and events side. I'm actually one of 10 people on the committee that run, or our board, that kind of run that. We've got fundraising officers, we've got secretary, we've got inclusion officers, we've got like transport even as well for away games. We've we've got loads of stuff. So we're we're kind of a fully established supporters club that, like I say, has AGMs, it has elections, it has links with the club, which are better now, to be honest with you. That's one thing that's changed. Yeah. But really, last year, it was there was kind of an explosion, and it was around Wembley. It was in that cup build-up where we might have had sort of like, you know, 50, 70 people in the Dolphins sort of week in, week out. And over the course of January, I mean, I remember watching the, it was around Christmas time, watching, I think it was that penalty shootout against... Palace was it when Bruno missed but we still went through and there was just sort of like 12 of us before people went home for Christmas or did or did what they were doing or or kind of when that was it was it was a really really unique time and then after that everything changed and you know people wanted to get excited about the club around the cup final and stuff like that which is which is fine but all of a sudden people had that one reason to go out and say like okay who am I going to watch the match with and over the course of those weeks in the build-up we then went on to do a lot of things like we put on the Dome event in London, which was for 500 people to be able to watch the match when, you know, you can't, everyone can't get a Wembley ticket. That's just how it works. It's a privilege to go to the match and not everyone's got the loyalty points or the cup history to do that. So over the course of those weeks, it kind of forged a lot of friendships, you know, and one of those is Tev and, and Tev will probably tell you, he'll probably want to tell you a lot more about what the Irish mags do as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, like the London Mags, we have our own community in Ireland. So obviously you can hear my voice. I'm from Ireland. I'm not from London. Um, but <laughs> I'm close to the London Mags. But uh, yeah, so we're, we've been established about a year and a half now. So we're the Irish Mags Newcastle United supporters group. So there's probably five in the committee. But in terms of members, we have about 270 going to 300 now with about plus 2,000 to 2,500 followers on Twitter. So yeah, so our group of crazy mags, you know, we have all we have all our own history in terms of why we support the mags. Obviously, myself, I have family from Newcastle, um, and I was originally kind of grew up in Newcastle as well. So 
But we're a group of Irish mags, you know, we come together, we do meetups, we have a meetup in Dublin, and then we also meet up in kind of in, in Cork, in Galway, in Northern Ireland as well. So it's a full all-island approach, you know. And the one thing about us, we're like the Geordies, we're like the London Mags, we're just passionate about our club, you know. But also it's about the community as well, and that's what we wanted to build. So right now, wherever we go in terms of Dublin, Cork, or whether you go to Newcastle, there'll always, there'll always be Irish Mags together representing the club. Do you know that's what, that's, t- that's totally the thing that you yeah. say there, Ted, like, that's one thing that's so true, and that's why I wanted to sort of do this project with yourself and Simon, is that a lot of people say, like, where were all these people pre-takeover and stuff like that? It's like, everyone was always there, it's just that they didn't, things were so bad that nobody really, like, looked for other people or, <laughs> or travelled with other people, it, it was just kind of something that you did and you didn't really talk about it, on, certainly mm. in the South, you didn't really enjoy those conversations on a Monday. Yeah with an Arsenal fan or a Spurs fan, they like, you know, you're getting that sympathy vote. Nobody really enjoyed that. So, well, you, you still you still follow the side. But, you know, having things go better for the club just means that now we can do more. And when you do more, the opportunities yeah. are there to meet new people. And it's only growing and growing and growing. And the last few years, seeing seeing you have that experience, Simon, when you first came into the Dolphin, you know, is, is absolutely amazing. And that's a, that's a credit to what we're doing in terms of the community we're trying to build in London and in Ireland. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, th- I feel like that's probably the, the main thing I've taken away from it, like whether it's a, like a night out of a Dolphin or whether it's like the Geordie boats or, you know, mm. even going to away games with you lads, it, it does feel like this community which i kind of feel like i in a weird way kind of stumbled upon and i've become really good friends with so many people who are part of the the london mags and obviously tev as well um none more so than obviously when we all went to bournemouth together that was that felt like a real band of brothers day um but yeah no i feel like um it's a nice way to wrap like wrap the first part of this podcast up really just talk about all of our experiences why we're a part of the clubs and the sort of sense of community that we've all really felt. So it is, we're going to get into talking more about Newcastle now, but that's just a bit of a background about the the supporters clubs that we're, we're all involved in. Um, and I guess in a weird way and a nice way just to say thank you lads for that sense of community that I've felt. And I know that literally hundreds of other people have felt within the last year that I've been there. So yeah, nice way to, to round that up. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, man. And I think, like I say, this is the whole point. It's if you're listening to this now and you're wondering, will I go out and watch the match with other people yeah. this weekend? Go and do it. And even if you can't, just listen to this. Follow us on social media. There's loads of stuff coming this year yeah. that hopefully is going to bring you closer to that sense of community outside of the Dolphin and, and in it. Yeah, I agree. The one thing as well, like it's not a gated community, and I think Freddie will say the same whether it's the London Mags or the Irish Mags. It's not a gated community. It's not like oh yeah, this is established and you can't get in. Like it's free for all in terms of if you're a fan, if you can't get to a game and there's something on the Dolphin, if there's something on an air pub, the Bleecker Street in Dublin or in Cork or in Galway, text one of the lads, come down, you know, it's not a gated community. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also, if you've had a few drinks, uh, definitely drop Tev a DM on Twitter because it's very, very funny. Uh, <laughs> right. So <laughs> let's, uh, right, let's move on. So, yeah, first game of the season, lads. Uh, we were all watching it in different locations. Uh, Tev was at St. James's Park. Uh, Fred, I, I think you split your time between two of our new venues. Uh, and I was at home with my mum and dad. So all very different, uh, diff, different atmospheres. Uh, Tev, let's, let's start with you. First game of the season, 5-1 against Villa 
at St. James's Park. Does it really get any better than that for you? Wilson should have scored the second. Should have been six one. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done to be fair. <laughs> it could have been ten one, but anyways, we'll just take the five and go. But yeah, no, it was fantastic. As I said, like I was at the game. A few of the Irish managers were at the game as well. So like you say five one, my day started at five a.m. because obviously as an Irish mag, we get up early to kind of get that half seven or kind of eight o'clock flight. So that's the experience of us. But we love the club. We entered the pub in the airport. We had a protein shake, Guinness. <laughs> so we had, <laughs> we had two Guinnesses and we were, it's called the Irish breakfast but we got our Guinnesses and then we got on the plane and we went to Weatherspoons and we entered the gate and by 10, 11 I think we had more drinks than probably steps um, so it was fantastic you know so it was it was great to kind of chat to the Geordies as well Geordies at the game but then the build up was until the half five so just chatting with the lads as you say community chatting together and then getting in we're a bit sceptical just in terms of get, trying to get in with the with the whole new kind of tickets, the online tickets, um, just to kind of see if there was any queer cues. But in terms of the club, fair, fair play. Like, there was no problems getting in. I think it was it was smooth, you know. And I think, yeah, it was fantastic for us to kind of just be there and watch the game. You know, as Irish back, we're not going to be there every week, like, with any fan, especially with how hard the tickets are. So, any time we get, like, and especially with us, we kind of work together to kind of help. So, if I'm not going to a game, I'll still try to get a ticket for another Irish mag, you know. It's that community aspect. But just being at the game, it was fantastic. Some people were going with their kids. Some people were there for the first time ever, you know. Um, so it was a fantastic experience. And just being around that support, you know, we really feel, felt united. And obviously the result wasn't too bad as well, you know. Well, um, you kind of briefly touched upon it then. What was the digital ticketing situation like for you? Because I know there was a lot of, like, talk on Twitter that it was a bit of a shambles but be good to know what you thought I think it was smooth enough I think what was scaring the people what people didn't realise was during the when the Premier League was on that day Arsenal and Nottingham Forest were playing with each other and I think Arsenal's ticket system went down at half 12 before half 12 kickoff, and they got pushed to one so while we were at the Shark Bar and while people were there people were getting the news oh Jesus Arsenal's ticket system went down could this happen to us, blah, blah. And with the previous experience, because I was at the Seller Cup the week before, the actual line to get in, because everybody was trying to get in 20 minutes before the game, it actually took longer to get in the stadium because everyone was queuing at the same time. So you've probably seen the videos that they were doing with the club in terms of Kieran Trippier, etc., trying to get encouraging people to go early into the stadium. So the ticketing was fine. It was just making sure that everybody came in at a a regular kind of interval rather than everybody coming at the same time. But it was perfect. I, I've seen no problems with it. That's good. What do you think, uh, Brad? Because I know you, I saw you put in the chat, what's wrong with a paper ticket? <laughs> what is wrong with a paper ticket? I'm um, with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the club at the moment, are we can't fault them for the pace of change and we can't fault them for mm. where we've been before. Like the yeah. the adjustments are is that there is so much to change and therefore that's where it's coming unstuck a bit. You know, I think looking at from conversations with the club and from conversations with the trust and with other supporters groups and seeing where the club are at and what they've communicated is that I think still they don't they're not at the staffing numbers for near another Premier League club, which I think is is pretty much gonna be where they're where they're gonna struggle. So I think this summer, if you consider the fact that we've got an Amazon documentary out, we're in the Champions League, um, we've got safe standing 
We've got the land at Strawberry Place being turned into a fan zone. We've got a new front of shirt sponsor. We've got a new side of shirt sponsor. The only thing that we don't have is an Adidas deal. And so to be honest with you, it's kind of like, okay, we can give a bit of, a bit of time to the club here. It is not good, though, to be hearing... I mean, look, even my brother was at the match. Uh, you know, I was in London, but my brother was at the match. He had his own ticket, which he got in a member's ballot, which didn't let him in. He had to go to the box office to exchange it for a printed ticket. Heaven forbid what was wrong with that in the first place. But that is... He then missed Tonali's goal. And it's like, yeah. again, it's not where the club wants to be, but the club will be the first people to admit that and say that that's not really the experience that people mm. travelling all over from the world you know, from all over the world, going to miss Tonali's first goal at St James's Park, yeah. they won't be happy with that. And so I think hopefully it's a technology issue that that can be fixed. And then hopefully it's going to be easier for all parties to get tickets over the coming weeks or months. The answer is yeah. there is a lot of unknowns, though. There's good unknowns, like having an amazing midfielder coming from AC Milan, like having a brilliant sweet striker from Sweden who wears number 14 and plays an attack. Like there's lots of great unknowns. <laughs> There's also, you know, we shouldn't be fools and think that there aren't going to be any difficult unknowns as well. Um, but time will tell on that. Yeah, for sure. And also, I feel I completely agree with you. Like, essentially, the club are playing catch up for the absolute shambles of what the previous 14 years and the owner who literally did not care and like asset stripped as much as he could. So, yeah, I think uh, I think there's still plenty of goodwill when things like this, introducing stuff like this. There's always going to be uh, teething problems at the start. But yeah, it really sucks that he missed Tonali's uh, first goal at St. James's. But man, yeah. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> he was outstanding on Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, like, I I was under the impression that he didn't have a particularly good preseason. I remember Eddie came out maybe like two or three days before just saying, yeah, he's great. He's going to take time to get used to the Premier League, but he's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah. So I was kind of under the impression that Longstaff would start, um, and I'm pleased he didn't because my God, he was oh God. he was everywhere. He had a hand in pretty much every goal. He looks like we've we've unearthed an absolute gem. Yeah, so yeah. he was he was fantastic. Uh, like even watching him, and I know a lot of people were thinking he'd come in to play the six. That's not that that man is not six. That that man is no. <laughs> that man is a box to box. The most stretched box to box player ever. He's quality. It was phenomenal. I think that the way those three interchanged with each other, I've I, I'm not just saying this. I've never seen that in a in a Newcastle team. Never. It was yeah. so fluid. The amount of work they did off the ball and their beautiful touches mm. in and around the centre of the park. Like that fourth goal. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful football. I th- I'd I'd agree. I think what we saw last year is we struggled like when Villa put that extra man on us and just closed down that midfield and didn't allow Bruno the time. But, you know, that was the at the end of really when Bruno kind of was on his last legs of people not finding out what he's actually like. And I think without that support in there, um, he was always going to struggle. But I think there just shows you, like, we're getting Bruno 2.0 along with this. You know, along with Tonali, we're getting so much more out of everyone around them, which is, God forbid, that's how a midfield should play, but we wouldn't have known that about three years ago. But, <laughs> I know. You know. <laughs> but, I, think that's, I think it's honestly one of my favourite things. It's just like seeing the likes of Joe Linton like, demolish a midfield, seeing how interchangeable Tonali and Bruno 
are already with each other. You said that's how midfielders should play. We've been starved of that for so long. I'm just thinking Jack Colback right now in my head. But like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's so exciting. And I feel like another another player who it was brought in last January, Anthony Gordon, he had an amazing summer Flash Gordon. in England, obviously. Flash Gordon. <laughs> Flash Gordon. <laughs> Do you know what he did? He worked both ways. This was the fantastic thing. And you probably needed to in terms of working against Watkins and then also Diaby. I don't know if you've seen it in terms of, I think, the first half where he sprinted all the way back, put pressure on Diaby and, like, obviously, ultimately, it made Diaby miss a shot. But, like, he was working both ways. He was one-twos. He was passing to the sides. He was getting in the box. He was every... He was a rash. But here's the thing. How many players did we have that were a rash? Joe Linton. We had Bruno going. We had Gordon. We had Barnes coming on. We had Isaac pulling to the left. We were hyper. We were a very hyper team on Saturday. Do you know? But this is what is the, the unpredictability of our team is fantastic now. Because like like what you say in terms of the midfield, we all rotate and like they know whether to go up, whether to come back. But they're, they're all in sync, especially with our strikers as yeah. well. And our defenders are in sync as well. So they can afford to go into the box. Tonali can go into the box and try and score because he, he knows somebody will be staying back to help him. Do you know? So yeah. it, it was fantastic to see. But yeah, we are hyper squad. <laughs> Uh, one thing I love hyper squad by the way that's amazing um, <laughs> one <laughs> one thing I noticed over the summer I'm going to shock you here lads some Newcastle fans didn't think we were making enough signings who would have thought that um, and I, I'll be honest I kind of before the, the league started and during the summer series I was like oh maybe one <laughs> extra would make sense but looking at the result on Saturday and also just looking at the squad depth, it's drastically improved without mm. on the surface looking like it should have done, if that makes any sense. Like mm. you look at the signings we've brought in, you think, okay, yeah, those are some good signings. And now all of a sudden, our squad, not just our team, but our squad is looking like completely interchangeable. And we have so many options to play this hyper, high-paced style of football. What do you think, Fred? I think that's a really interesting point. I think I wonder how we'll get on, of course, as the media tells us, when we've got six, only six extra games to play, which, of course, is going to derail. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, no, I, I, I'd agree. I think what we've bought is we've strengthened, the, we've strengthened the first team. We don't have any kind of massive, we've got Tenali, but we're, this is what's always interesting me about this, is because we're not bringing in players that you would deem like are going to Saudi, these big sort of, ready-made success stories that come in. We're buying really tactically about who we actually need and who adds to our squad all the time. So I'm kind of, we're only one game in, which is, again, difficult to get your head around because you, you can't, you want to shout from the rooftops because we won 5-1 and say that everything's going to be all right. I don't think that balance between consolidating season or Champions League qualification, again, I don't think that argument is anywhere near like that anyone could actually predict that at the moment. Um, yeah. But I can tell you that in terms of attitude, we're certainly not going for consolidating, are we? We've strengthened everywhere in terms of that squad, of what it adds to it. Having a cent- Watching a centre-back push up into the midfield to double up and just overwhelm people, that's the sort of stuff that top teams do. And we're able to do that now, you know, which is, again, it's just magnificent, isn't it? Yeah, It's genuinely beautiful to watch. Like, uh, I think uh, Neville and Carragher 
did a little thing on it last night on Monday Night Football, seeing how aggressive Botman was by literally just him pushing up. You think, oh no, we're yeah. going to be outnumbered. I mean, you just look at how seamless the whole team works together. Yeah, yeah. it's it's genuinely beautiful and so satisfying to watch. Yeah. God, I love Eddie Howe so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, uh, so uh, Fred, so uh, Tev was uh, at St James's. You were in our other spiritual home, uh, and I feel like we've added a new venue. So obviously, yeah. we have a dolphin. Tell us more about uh, our new venue, and then we'll look ahead to Man City. Well, we're trialing places. We don't have an official new venue. Um, our official home is always the Dolphin. What we did is we just arranged a members discount for. So there was another bar in Central London, which we got twenty five percent off for all NUSCL members. Another reason, you know, another benefit of what you get for your ten pound membership when you join with us is that you do get venues like that. But it was great. It was nice to be split across two venues. It was quite hard work for myself because I was to and fro in, and then I ended up just drinking too much and. <laughs> and then you know by the end of it i think i was back in the dolphin it was just such a great day just seeing everyone that yeah. that we haven't seen in only about six or seven weeks really but the fun continues the gold continues to keep going in um you know and i can only say we're going to be looking forward to being back there for city on saturday night love that mate and mm. uh we can always just blame Sai for the amount of drinks you can yeah he sent me yeah. a picture uh, on Sunday morning, I was like, how's the head? He sent me a picture of three Burger King bags, not wrappers, bags. <laughs> and then I think it was four Whoppers, which were still in the wrapping. And I was like, I I love that man so much <laughs> because you ask him a simple question and you literally never know what type of picture you're going to get back no. or what type of reply. So we'll get him on the podcast one day. But um, yeah, it, this, yeah. by the way, for anyone that doesn't know, this is a man that will seriously derail your night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And life. <laughs> if you're trying to get the last train home or the last bus home, no, no. No, no, oh. no chance, no chance. Again, the first bus home the next day. <laughs> We've heard about the dolphin. What about you? Are you going back to Bleakers for Saturday? What's, yeah, what's so the story? Bleakers is a new, new bar. Obviously, we were on the Camden last season, but um, Johnny, who used to work for the club um, back in the 90s, he's moved over to Dublin and he has his own bar at Bleaker Street Bar, kitted with Newcastle stuff, head to toe. Fantastic, man. Yeah, love it. And he's housing us today and the Mad Irish Mags. So, yeah, so we'll be down on Saturday and we'll be watching the Man City game, but then that'll be kind of our home moving forward. So, whether you're at the game or whether you're in, you're in Ireland, you're going to have places to watch the game. And not, it's not just Bleakers as well. As I said, we have lads down in Cork and um, Paul Slaughter, and then we have in Galway, Northern Ireland, we're doing stuff as well. So multiple spots for, for our Dublin location, yeah, Bleakers. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, good points. And I can, I can confirm for any Irish listeners to this, um, I've been to Bleakers. It's a great bar. Johnny, who runs the bar, is absolutely amazing. I was over a few weeks ago for and some family and it was just really uniquely timed for a 12 38 a.m after midnight kickoff against chelsea <laughs> um was it chelsea or brighton i can't remember it was all i know freddie said to me i'm leaving at 10 p.m yeah i'm leaving at 10 p.m and what time do you leave at? <laughs> oh god yeah, yeah it's a good three in the morning it's super <laughs> nice i can confirm they're all good crack lads you should get down to bleakers yeah. absolutely love that and again comes back to the community thing that we were talking about earlier on you guys Freddie to the point you'd be leaving an Irish bar at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> just on your summer holidays absolutely love that um, right let's uh, briefly chat about Man City uh, obviously we know where you guys are going to be watching it uh, very quickly how do you think we're going to get on 
Ooh, I don't. I'm not too sure. I think it's an interesting one. We did it last season. We were able to catch City on the hop a little bit. Yeah. Got away with a draw at home. What's it going to be like at the Etihad? It's going to be a. It's going to be a struggle. It's always a struggle. I think. You know, they were saying it. I heard on the telly yesterday. They were saying it's you know toughest game on game in world football. One of the toughest games. Mm-hmm. So take nothing for granted. We're going into it. But look again. Yeah. There's nothing. Nothing's decided here. We can we can absolutely go there and get a win. If there's anyone that can do it, it's this team. You said it's toughest place in world football. Also the quietest. It's a yeah. <laughs> What do you think, Tev? I think if you're going <laughs> you to play Manchester them? City, you'll you'll play them now. You'll play them in the second game of the season. If you want to get away, if you want to play the hardest league game away this season, you'll do it first. So that's our first away game, you know. So you can see the form that we're bringing into it. Obviously, it's going to be a hard game. But we're a good team, you know, and people like, and I think people are forgetting that, pundits are forgetting that we're a very good team. It's hard to come fourth last season and then just forget how to play football. And I think Villa got the shock of their lives last week about it. And I think Manchester City might get a shock as well. Do I think we're going to win? Probably not. But do I think we'll give them a game? Definitely. I mean, I, I'm personally going for a two-all draw. I think it'll be a draw. But obviously, the news today that De Bruyne's out for four months uh, could not have come at a better time. So, Look at the smile on yeah. Simon's face. <laughs> <laughs> this is the happiest I've been all night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously uh, it's going to be a tough game. But uh, yeah, we've got every right to be looking forward to it after the weekend. So we shall see. Um, well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, don't forget to follow us all on the various social media accounts we have. Uh, Freddie, what are we on X? Not Twitter. <laughs> X. On X, we're at the London Mags. Um, yeah, always have been, always will be. You can find us there or you can find us in real life in the Dolphin in the back bar. Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend doing that. And Tev, give the Irish Mags a bit of a shout out as well. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter on our main page at Irish Mags and then myself, my personal page is at Two and Irish as well. So, Follow the lads, see what the crack is. And then if you're coming to Dublin or anywhere in Ireland, just give us a shout and we'll always be at home for you. Perfect. Right. I feel like that's uh first episode in the bag, lads. Uh, anything, I feel like you guys need nicknames. Uh, I'm going to work on it. I know Tevin Keegan has been discussed, uh, <laughs> but I, we're going to struggle to beat that. But Freddie, I'm struggling with yours. I'm I'll come up with a few for the next episode because I feel like it'd be good to be like, yeah, I'm Simon, I'm here with Freddie, the la la la, and I'm here with Tevin Keegan. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all right. I'll, uh, I'll get some nicknames sorted out. And, uh, I mean, if that's not worth tuning into next week, then I don't know what is. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, and, yeah, uh, away the lads. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads. Away the lads.